You were talking about comparing yourself um, with other women based on that you were your mom role. Mm -hmm. And, but I'm like, okay, here I am as a single independent woman focused on my career, bombing around the countryside, having, you know, successes and failures and great experiences and shit experiences, right? Um, Going, yeah, but I have to do something important because I'm not a mom. Mm. You know? Huge. Mm. All my life. I'm like, I got to do something important because Mm. the role that is really important, I didn't do. Mm. So it's selfish of me if I don't go and do something with Mm. my life, you know? So... And then giving myself the freedom to chill out about that one, too. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, enough, Crystal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, welcome. Today, we're so excited because we have two amazing guests with us, mm-hmm. uh, Crystal Park and uh, Jesse Pitts. And we're going to dive into some pretty fun topics today, actually. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And um, we, you know, the theme that we're going to talk about today is, and, and, and we're diving into women today, is who said you're not enough? Um, and there's lots that we can talk about on that subject. So that's where we're going to go. I'm, we're, I'm going to say that we're actually sitting in my backyard on my patio, and you can probably hear the, the water running because mm-hmm. I have a beautiful creek in the back, and it, yes, it runs year-round. <laughs> um, and so if you're feeling so the soothing nature of water on this video, then that's why. And the birds. Can you yeah. Hear the birds yeah. yeah. Uh, the sun is finally here. So... Um, uh, Crystal, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and mm-hmm. we'll we'll jump in. Mm-hmm. Hello, and thank you yeah. so much for inviting me. And I feel like I'm just amongst friends here, mm-hmm. which right. is yeah. lovely. And well, you are. So <laughs> my name is Crystal Park, and I am not a uh, native-born. Actually, that's not true. I was born in Kelowna, but oh. I was picked up from the hospital and then (laughs) (laughs) transplanted into the Lower Mainland. That's where I grew up and then moved back here in 2013. And this is my home and I love it here. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful place to live. So I'm a mom of three children and a wife and I don't know, I like... Hiking. (laughs) I like going for long hikes. Mm -hmm. I love being in the sunshine. Tell them about your project. That let's hear about the the quick project. Oh my gosh! I mean, it's not quick. It's a big project. So Mm -hmm. I'm producing a documentary right now, Mm -hmm. and the topic is that of adoption. Mm -hmm. So that's as simple as I can Mm -hmm. (laughs) say it without getting into. Well, we're just giving a teaser because we're actually going to do a talk on this uh, to come. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm looking forward to diving into that conversation because I think it's going to be awesome. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. And Jesse, tell us about you. Hi. Yes. Thank you for having me. This is so nice to be here with you, ladies. Um, My name is Jesse. I am a mom of four. I have three girls and a boy. I am a creative strategist, uh, photographer, and entrepreneur. I've uh, been self-employed mm, 18 years, mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm I'm passionate about this topic because it 
it's near and dear to my heart. And mm-hmm. yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, well, I think one of the biggest things, you know, and, and we made, you know, we were like, what are we going to call this? Um, and we said, you know, who said you're not enough? Because, um, you know, underneath all of that is we're talking about body image. We're talking about, you know, self-perception, um, cultural perceptions of women, um, cultural norms, expectations. And so we want to talk about that. This is going to be a bit of a two-part series. We're going to talk uh, initially about, you know, what does that look like for women? And then our second part is we're going to talk about that, how that applies to our kids. Um, so tell me your thoughts on that, Crystal, first of all. Oh, man. This is which a fun crystal? topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah we've got yeah, two yeah, crystals here. Crystal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so true. Um, you know, it's an interesting topic because, uh, well, first of all, growing up, I grew up in a small town with a whole bunch of great people who were backwoods rednecks and my dad would live in the bush more than he would live in the house and then I grew up with two amazing awesome incredible brothers so I was pretty much a boy (laughs) tomboy till I think I started being deciding to be a girl when I was like Mm -hmm. 24 in the meantime uh you know living in that environment contrast to I really didn't want to celebrate being a woman I didn't want to actually it was mm-hmm. like femininity was just bah, I don't care mm-hmm. um, of which in my mid 20s I decided to uh, finally like that I was a woman and learn how to be one mm-hmm. in amongst a world that objectifies women like you have no idea mm-hmm. right? I mean objectifies everybody I mean I'm I'm also guilty for taking a look at a good looking man and going, wow, he's hot, you know? (laughs) So, but again, sort of the topic of the psychology around why we do the things we do, Mm -hmm. how we manipulate our physical body and our, you know, even sometimes our personality and what we're doing to Mm -hmm. accommodate feeling like I'm enough, Mm -hmm. not just even enough, I would say, but worthy of being loved and cared for and Mm. desired I'm going to say desired yeah um well and don't you think it's it's an interesting dynamic I think for women to figure out because you know and we you know we've had another podcast about kind of the independence of women and wanting to like you know Mm. if a man can do it I can do it right and Mm -hmm. so you know Mm -hmm. especially if you grew up in a home with you know that was really encouraged like you said um but then also almost a rejection so there's that side of well we want to be strong and we want to be independent Mm -hmm. but then there's also like you know I want to be I want to be a woman I want Mm -hmm. to you know wear my girly girly things and my bling and my you know I want to get my hair done and um and but also then there's almost like a cultural uh is it shaming or Hmm. um like a language around if you're too feminine then you're perceived as stupid or weak maybe. Uh, yeah. weak yeah. useless um, you know n- you know naive mm-hmm. like there's a and almost to the point sometimes where that's encouraged like I feel like there's a real pendulum mm-hmm. where women are like I don't know what to do or how to be because it's like on one level if I'm over here I'm stereotyped as you know, um, you know, and everybody can think about what that would look like from a, you know, stereotypical woman. I mean, go to look in Hollywood or whatever, right? Um, 
to the opposite where it's like, I don't want to embrace any of the feminine. And so I think women are a bit confused about like, who are we in this and what do we embrace and what's okay and what's not okay. And we're always like judging ourselves around what that looks like. And it's, it's curious to think around this whole, I mean, we could probably go back culturally to see how women have been treated throughout history and you know where this has come from but there's been a real shifting in in the role of women and the independence of women particularly in the last um, half century for sure um, so it's made for this really interesting dynamic I find where women are you know each trying to figure out how to navigate it amongst some hard set you know cultural beliefs around kind of what women are yeah. and who they are. There's one aspect we were talking about earlier that I'm really excited about hearing some opinions here at the table um, is the shift from, because we, t you know, we're, we're going to get into uh, physical manipulation, breast augmentation and Botox and all the things that women do to make themselves feel, look, whatever, more beautiful, more attractive, more desirable. But more importantly, I think me being somebody who has done a variety of those things and tattoos and all this stuff mm -hmm. is where you come from when you're doing it mm -hmm. because I have done all those things <clears throat> but I did them for me mm -hmm. I did them from a place of self-worth mm -hmm. and then in addition to right it wasn't replacing something that was you know uh, low self-love or low self-esteem or whatever and mm -hmm. then I did those things to make me feel better mm -hmm. But that happens a lot. And then, and or, I'd love to chat about the fact that we can, even if you've done it that way, you can shift your perception about yourself even so. Right. Mm -hmm. right? Even if you didn't do it for the right reasons. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, girls, mm -hmm. feel free to chime in chime here. In. Um, yeah. What's your feeling around the whole subject of objectifying yeah. women and kind of the p cultural perceptions of, of women and and maybe how that's changed or how it hasn't changed or, you know. Well, when you were talking, something came up to me. I don't know if it's exactly what you're talking about, but I remember when I first got married, I was helping my husband with our, with our construction business, and I, I just existed to make his life easier. And everything I did was within the window of I needed to be a good wife, you know, keep the house clean, make the dinner, you know, make sure the kids are taken care of. Even though I had a nanny, I still had to mm -hmm. take care of the kids and the house and make sure that his life went smoothly. And I I did it for so long and to such an extent that I actually burned myself out by saying mm -hmm. yes. And I completely lost my identity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was good at a lot of things, but it was just in service to our, our business and mm -hmm. to help him make his life easier. So, I don't know, something you said there just made that come up, and I haven't thought of that for a while. But Do you think that that's part of the maybe cultural norm of women is to say yes? Like, to, to feel like you have to self-sacrifice or you have to, you know, you can't well, create boundaries? I think that's what was modeled to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And not that it's necessarily an entirely bad thing, because I know a lot of successful people, they work in partnership. Yeah, but for me, mm -hmm. I think it became unhealthy, mm -hmm. and it led me to actual like physical burnout where I was incapacitated for at least two years and mm -hmm. slowly started coming back after those two years so um I just thought that was an interesting thing that came up because it, it's not a physical change but it was well I guess it was a yeah. physical change mm -hmm. uh, and or I mean 
obviously this topic is all encompassing. Mm -hmm. Would you call it the umbrella that we were sitting under? <laughs> There's yeah. an umbrella here. But so I think it actually definitely applies. I think it's we're I mean we're talking about self love and self worth and and we sell we sacrifice that yeah so often right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I don't think that yeah. sacrifice is what we're called to, like martyrdom. Mm -hmm. I think that there's got to be a balance. And, I mean, sometimes you only find that by crashing. Mm -hmm. But I feel like some days I feel like I have more balance. I feel do like I've learned a lot. Do you think that's a theme that hasn't maybe been looked at? Like, you know, where whether you're, depending on how you're embracing your femininity or, or how you're, you know, whether you're more of an independent role, you know, mm. you know, working in a, a masculine environment or, you know, doing more of the traditional roles, you know, whether that being at home or meaning the stereotypical things. Do you think that that's a theme in each one that there's like, you know, I wonder, you know, a woman in a, you know, a corporate scenario, you know, I think of somebody in like New York or something who's, you know, maybe working in an environment that's been dominated by masculine or males traditionally, mm -hmm. do they feel like they have to work extra hard? Do they feel mm -hmm. like they can't say no to things or a man could say no, right? I think probably. And like, what is the, what is that? Like, mm -hmm. what is it in the, in the psyche of women that we feel like we can't create those boundaries? Like, what's well, your I thoughts? Well, I feel like, I feel like we've been told for a while that we could do and have it all. And there was like this super mom concept. Yeah, true. Very and true. it was like, you can have, why do you have to choose home life and work? Why can't you have both? both yeah. And which, I mean, it can be done under certain circumstances, but I don't think it's easy and I don't think it's I don't think you can always be successful at both I mean I never felt mm -hmm. like I was successful at either of them because I always felt like I was compromising mm -hmm. yeah, so I, I think mm -hmm. it was I think it has been built up and delivered to us as a package for a while and so then we I think I don't know maybe some people even felt guilty if they weren't doing both yeah mm -hmm. I felt that way for sure okay. I always felt like I had all these um successful sort of women around me that were like you have so much potential you have so mm. much to give you you know you could be out there doing this or that or the mm -hmm. other thing and I you know I, I would show up to social events I'd be like hi I'm Crystal and I'm a mom <laughs> you know and it was just like I felt so lame and, and uh mm. and I think part of my uh journey has been like in embracing has been embracing that fully and not mm. not succumbing to the pressure of quote unquote living within my potential because I think mm -hmm. there was this time where there was mm -hmm. this pressure that it, well if you don't do it now mm -hmm. what are you even doing like right. but I think you know for me it was a process it was like I needed to get a hand I I can't have too many things on my plate mm -hmm. like I mm -hmm. the way I look at my life is I can fit about five things on the plate and if I add something something else drops yeah, off right. that's, absolutely that's how that's I realistic. Yeah. yeah whereas like there's people that I know they thrive with maybe 25 things on their plate but I'm just I I am not that way and I think part of it was learning and knowing myself better and what I mm -hmm what I could walk through and not feel like I was 
going crazy. Mm -hmm. Well, and isn't it true when when people say to us, oh, you have so much potential, what they're really saying is you're not enough right now? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, good point. I mean, truth is, yeah, yeah, we all have potential, but at what point, in any point of our, our lives, can we not just be like, well, what's okay right now? What are, where I'm at right now is okay. Yeah. You know, based on yeah. our circumstances, you know, our relationships, mm-hmm. our finances, our support networks, you know, the age of our children, like all of those things mm-hmm. influence what we can and can't do and, and capacity, right? And it's, I always find it interesting on that language of, of potential because mm-hmm. I think it, it's really discrediting where you're at right now. I want to mm-hmm. actually pull some some fun stuff into this right now mm-hmm. I want to actually just go around and, and ask everybody to give a personal example of where in your life at one point or another you felt you felt what you were saying like mm-hmm. basically um, you that you weren't you weren't meeting the mark and then how you came through it and well, how you changed it I can I have an example I was sitting in Alana's office because I actually Alana and I, I started as a patient of Dr. Alana yeah and I was sitting there crying as usual. And I was like, I had four kids and I was had adrenal burn. I'm like looking at her, she's typing up notes, and I'm like, <laughs> Oh yeah. How come you don't have adrenal burnout? I'm like, <laughs> you work every day, you've got kids, and here I am sitting here, I can't even like get my laundry folded because I have no energy. And I was like, What is wrong with me? <laughs> and she put stop typing, she's like looked at me like well everyone's an individual Mm. and everyone has their own capacity and you basically just said what you just said there Mm -hmm. like energy relationships Mm -hmm. finances Mm -hmm. and it was so simple everyone is an individual and everyone has their own capacity and what might cause you burnout is someone that causes them to thrive because they're Mm -hmm. in a different circumstance so that moment right there it replays back in my head over and over again Because I was comparing myself. Yeah. The, you'd never believe the person I was comparing myself to. Okay, that's I was, weird. That's <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah. I was comparing Who is she? My, we want her no, name. it's yeah. not even a girl. <laughs> I, I had been comparing myself to a, a successful elderly businessman in Kelowna who had yeah. mentored us in our mm. early construction days. And I was judging my success against his. And he's probably mm. like one of the wealthiest construction developers in Kelowna and I'm like I haven't achieved that (laughs) that this 80 year old man has achieved I haven't done that (laughs) so therefore I have failed I failed I like it was it sounds ridiculous but sometimes the most ridiculous stuff is actually what is true it's true you know and isn't comparison like the most destructive thing yes Mm -hmm. like like really Mm -hmm. and how ironic that culturally it's actually encouraged. And that's a very much mm-hmm. like comparison competition. That's a masculine trait, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. From a feminine, it's more around cooperation and relationship. Let's, yeah. Let's yeah. do it together. Mm-hmm. So it's like going against, you know, a sense of, of who we are that we want to rise up together. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not having to, if you're, you know, I want to celebrate your successes. I don't want to feel bad because I don't have that right. same one. Right. Mm-hmm. But it is a bit of that cultural norm to say, I mean, you look at a TV show and they're comparing it like, you know, there's all sorts of competitions around some skill they have mm-hmm. or, you know, look at all the reality shows, right? Who's who's the best dressed? Who's the, you know, got mm-hmm. the best whatever? Um, 
And comparison is so self-destructive, right? Because it, it discredits where we're at and the actual. So I'm supposed where to get rid of all my photos on my of these hot women on my on my <laughs> phone. Like, well, it depends how you feel about it. I think if it's something that gives you inspiration, right? That's inspiring. That's different. Like yeah. if you can look and think about somebody and think, oh, that inspires me to mm. be a better person yeah. or to move forward towards exactly. something. But if you look at it and you're actually feeling bad about yourself, absolutely take those things off your wall. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, sorry, I just want to go back to Jesse really quick. What was the resolution? The resolution was you realized you were an individual? Yeah, so she's like, everyone's an individual. And I don't think a resolution happened immediately. It was just like, I'm an individual. So it, it just made me realize that Alana might be able to accomplish what she's accomplishing and I'm not accomplishing what she's accomplishing, but that doesn't mean that I've failed. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just meant that right now my circumstance isn't the same as hers. And mm-hmm. I'm, you know, maybe she's doing these 50 things and, and I'm doing these other 50 things. Mm-hmm. But I think mine don't count because they're not hers. Like, mm-hmm. it, it sounds crazy, but no. I was like... No, no. It yeah. gave you a, a realization. Yeah, and that I needed to give my myself and my body the time to heal instead of being mad at myself mm-hmm. and my body for mm-hmm. right putting me in this position it was actually allowing me to receive healing mm-hmm. rather than punishing me for not being good enough yeah I had a lot of things good. well <laughs> yeah you know and, and truthfully at that season in, in in where you're bringing that up my husband was stay-at-home dad mm-hmm. right and yeah. so 80% of the things that went on at home from cooking dinners to laundry to you know, packing kids' lunches, taking them to school. Like, that was my husband. Mm-hmm. And if I had to do those things on top of right. work, yes, exactly. I would have been in the same position, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it is. it is. It's recognizing capacity, but it also mm-hmm. depends on support networks. Yes, it depends on exactly. the dynamics in the family, mm-hmm. what's happening, what's required, right? Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, no, I'm just, the, the whole comparison thing, I, I think it applies in so many different capacities to, you know, from weight, looks, mm-hmm. hair color, eye color, clothing, you know, where you live, like mm-hmm. uh, everything, you know, and hair is a big one for me. <laughs> I don't have your Her voluptuous hair. hair. Exactly. I, I see Italian her. Italian like, native okay. hair. I don't have it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like, oh. Um, thank you. Yeah. She's, she's beautiful, beautiful hair. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I think the comparison stuff was probably, is still, yeah. I think yeah. I still fight that. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the question again? Oh, You're just a personal for... example, like oh. a, of of where you might have felt less than, not good enough, whatever, and then how you shifted that at some point, how you like where, how you overcame it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm reminded of sort of even just this group of friends, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I think I. I kind of came into the group of friends and I was the youngest, by the way, can we all take note? I was the youngest. (laughs) And and let me just say, I don't think that like, it wasn't this group that was saying about the potential stuff, but Mm -hmm. um, I think for me, I looked at every single one of them and I thought, wow, like they've really got it together. They were Mm -hmm. older and Mm -hmm. they all just seemed like they were 
always busy doing stuff. Jessie always had her laptop. I was yeah. like, what does she even do on that thing? She's always busy we doing still don't stuff. Know. <laughs> you know, she's like, I'm working. And I'm just like, what do you do? Like, I don't even know. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she doesn't even know. Yeah, me either, Jess. <laughs> and I think, but I think it was in that same you know, it was in my own insecurities that I sort of compared myself and was like, well, what am I even offering to the world? Especially, uh, I had just stepped away from a job that brought me incredible fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And then here I was back at home again as a a mom, you know, Mm -hmm. and I mean, I will say I do keep a lovely house and, you know, I, and I do really try and nurture the relationships with my kids and those things are really very important to me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm grateful that I, I did have, you know, that time to Mm -hmm. do that. But I think what ended up happening was that same group of friends that I so greatly admired showed me that, um, I could Mm-hmm. chase my dreams yeah mm-hmm. true and they encouraged me so okay. find friends that yeah. you know that it's not a competition that mm-hmm. it's like you know that they're building you up and pulling yeah. pulling you up and saying hey look like we are here you want to mm-hmm. you want you have dreams here let us let us help yeah. you realize them yeah. so that actually reminds mm-hmm. me of I'll just share it with you. I was in Hawaii this winter with my other really great girlfriend. I'll just can't wait till you guys all meet her. She's, I'm not got to, we got to go to Hawaii to see her is what we have to do. (laughs) Um, but, uh, we were almost the same person. Like we're two years apart and we've lived quite a parallel life. And it was interesting. We were looking at property on one of the other islands just for the fun of it. We're like, Hey, let's just go look at some property. We're going to fly over there and check out this for, for, you know, to develop or whatever. And we got introduced to a friend of ours, mom, who is, she's actually a Hawaiian princess, to be honest, but she's also a realtor. So I got her number and I initiated the call and introduced myself. And, um, and so I'm, you know, chatting with her and whatever. And, and Linda and her husband had been talking about this for a long time. Long story short, I had initiated it. I got the call. I had asked initially all the questions, introduced Linda. She came into the conversation and her and her husband have some, they have the capacity. Well, they do and they don't. They have the capacity to purchase this faster than I do. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, why? And here's what's crazy going on in my head. I'm like, as I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, do I share this with Linda? Cause she'll go do it without me. Do I share this with Linda because they're going to go do it and I can't? Do I share this with... Mm. Whacked, right? So I'm sitting there. Mm. Of course I'm going to share it with her. I love her. She's like, okay, we just... Chris will get over it. Stop comparing. Stop competing in my own head and whatever. And so I had this internal battle going on. Mm. Crazy thing is that Linda's doing the same thing. She's Mm. like, Crystal knows more than I. She's actually... She knows people. She's going to get this done. She can collaborate, blah, blah, blah. You know, and she's got her own insecurities thinking the same thing in the same room in the same conversation Mm -hmm. with this woman. And after the fact, we got off the phone and I'm thinking, well, first of all, I was like, okay, I got to just tell her about this. I got to just tell her, hey, girl, you know what? Because I went silent. She's like, is something wrong? And I'm like, yeah, I got to just tell you that I was massively competing with you in that conversation. And, you know, and these are the things that came up and this Mm -hmm. is where I felt insecure and this is where I felt unworthy. And 
I don't want you to go do it without me, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And she's like, really? Because this is what I was feeling. And I think I'm bringing it up because there's the comparison, the competition, the lack of Mm self-confidence, the self-worth, whatever. But the resolution was talking about it. Mm -hmm. You know, it was having that person to sit, for me to go, I'm not judging myself for this Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. And how the way that I feel and that I can say to her, Hey, you know, this has nothing to do with you, but right. this well, is what happened. Right? And the vulnerability and the, and the honesty, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think how beautiful that is within your female relationships, right. Right. you know, mm-hmm. and, and really, I think we're all just kind of just trying to go through right. life and make it and, and do yeah. our very best. And, yeah show up every day whether or not we feel confident whether or not we mm-hmm. feel like we <laughs> we're gonna succeed or whether we feel like a right big loser that day mm-hmm. you know True. just showing up and yeah well and the honesty yeah. is actually what what dismantles all the stories mm-hmm. right it's the honesty that with ourselves first of first, all yeah that was the um and then with others is is what dismantles the you know story that we have up there that's all you know around guilt or shame or or Mm -hmm. disappointment or frustration or whatever Mm -hmm. we might be feeling in that moment insecurity um and when we're honest with ourselves then obviously we can be honest with the people around us too well Mm -hmm. that was the whole thing is that I'm sitting there in that silence for a second going wow looking at myself going Mm -hmm. wow that was a fun journey for the last Mm -hmm. 15 minutes weird Mm -hmm. you know and just Mm -hmm. objectively looking not judging myself but just objectively looking at what I just did in my own head. Mm-hmm. Well, how good that you could be you know? vulnerable and honest with her. Honestly, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huge. I mean, that's the gift of gorgeous relationships. And, mm-hmm. I mean, we just did the podcast mm-hmm. on... Well, we have another one, actually, on, yeah. on friendships. But, um, yeah, it's a huge gift. I think, first of all, when we come back to the self-worth piece and why women do the things they do mm-hmm. aesthetically, emotionally, comparison being, you know, I'm just a mom. That is not a statement that's okay with me. I'm like, yeah. I, I'm not mm-hmm. a mom because being a mom is the biggest, best, incredible, most hardest challenging job on the planet. Mm-hmm. I'd be pretty good at it, but I just decided not to for mm-hmm. whatever reasons. That's also another thing, you know, live as many years as I have, because I'm not that old, what, 30, 30 years? Ago? Yeah. Yeah, 30. Um, You've already said your birthday went before. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Did I? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm good with younger men. <laughs> <laughs> but being a single woman, choosing not to have children, mm-hmm. you know, and then being up against that for 20 years, right? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. is, is like, uh, you know, d- is it make me... Does it make me mm-hmm. not good enough? Is mm-hmm. it? Is it? Well, you know? and you nailed it there that it was choice, yeah. right? Like I think the assumption always is, is well, you couldn't, right? Mm-hmm. Or you didn't have, um, you know, you weren't in the relationship, or mm-hmm. you know, and so there's almost like either, either a, oh, I have compassion for you because you weren't able to, or else judgment of like why didn't you, right? Like mm-hmm. instead of just saying, you know, it's actually a choice. Like mm-hmm. that was part of mm-hmm. the choice that you made for your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's your life and yeah. you're entitled to make that decision just like anybody else true. right true um but I, I think there's a lot of story around that right that we put i was listening to crystal and and thinking and you, know, you were talking about comparing yourself um 
with other women based on that you were your mom role Mm -hmm. and but I'm like okay here I am as a single independent woman focused on my career bombing around the countryside having you know successes and failures and great experiences and shit experiences right um going yeah but I have to do something important because I'm not a mom Mm. you know huge Mm. all my life I'm like I gotta do something important because Mm. the role that is really important I didn't do Mm. so it's selfish of me if I don't go and do something with Mm. my life you know so and then giving myself the freedom to chill out about that one too Mm -hmm. I'm like okay enough crystal right Mm -hmm. so yeah that's uh so interesting yeah well I'm just placing our value too on our accomplishments Mm -hmm. or our lack of accomplishments and just I don't know I always go back to look you look at a newborn baby you know Mm -hmm. and that newborn baby has worth yeah and it's valuable and that is undeniable to Mm -hmm. anybody who Mm -hmm looks at an at a child at a baby Mm -hmm. and I I think I I try and remind myself like I am as valuable as that newborn baby that can't do anything that Mm -hmm. doesn't you know doesn't get up and go to work every day and bring (laughs) home a paycheck or like you know actually does the opposite and Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. needs to receive in order to survive and Mm -hmm. and they are valuable absolutely and I I think that that was a a a big realization for Mm. me anyhow you know that that saying um that resonates and I often say this in my office um is that you know we're born worthy and then we spend our lives with the world telling us why we're not yeah um and I think that's one of you know, and it, and that's, I'm not going to say that that's just a, a, an issue for women. I think, men, it's no different. It just looks different in terms of, you know, the perceptions and the judgments. And, um, but how different would our world be if not just the world knew our worth, but we knew our worth, mm-hmm. like in ourselves, yeah. what would we not be tolerating in our lives? What would we be saying no to what would we maybe saying yes to Mm -hmm. what would be like how would we actually be living our lives Mm -hmm. you know if we didn't have a reason to not do and be who we were who we wanted to be because we knew that we were worth it and we we were allowed to receive that how different would we be walking our lives right now Mm -hmm. how different would our world be in right now um and it's really just it's not like we have to get there like, it's not like we have to, like, you know, if I just do enough of this, then, I'll, then I'm worthy. It's actually just acknowledging it. That's all it is. It's just literally, like, feeling it. Mm-hmm. And I'll sometimes think of it as, like, you know, if you have a hard time seeing yourself with value and worth, try putting God's eyes on. You know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. look at yourself through God's mm-hmm. eyes and ask for that. You know, let me see, see. Exactly. myself through God's eyes. True. What would that look like? True. Because... You know, if you, it's the same thing as looking at a child. You're mm-hmm. not looking at that with judgment and contempt and, right? You're looking at it with like, wow, it's just, they're so perfect. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And true. that's exactly the way God sees us, right? Yes. So it's really just acknowledging it, owning it. And, and then we have to remove all the stories around why we were told we weren't, right? And that can start at a very young age, right? Whether it's comparing ourselves to our sibling or, 
or what our parents told us or didn't tell us or you know it starts right from that like beginning stage Mm -hmm. and I think that's based on conditional love and you know all sorts of codependency things and all sorts of reasons oh you read my mind I was literally (laughs) just gonna bring that up I'm like okay addiction codependency okay we're gonna okay here we go Um, and you just read it you just said it that's cool um speaking of the unraveling of some of those things like Mm -hmm. when you recognize you're like holy man that's how I feel about it and I feel like a piece of shit and I'm I'm not worthy and blah 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 um I spent a few years years ago studying addiction and uh, a few times actually studying addiction from a healing perspective and just for other podcasts we'll talk Mm -hmm. about that but um one of the key things about unraveling codependency and addiction is forgiveness Mm, forgiveness for sure Mm self-forgiveness but um I mean Brene Brown's perfect at what Mm -hmm. explaining this and that is relieving yourself of the shame Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know for we we constantly shame ourselves. we're like you know it's it's actually forgiving those aspects where um I feel ashamed for my mistakes for not being good enough then for for you know, doing the things I did then, and it compounds to the point where if you just get right at the shame and Mm -hmm. release it, forgive it, love it, recognize Mm -hmm. that no matter what I was doing, I did my best at the time. Totally. And just really see yourself as this beautiful, messed up, imperfect, gorgeous being who is willing to see things differently and, mm-hmm. and unravel it, mm-hmm. go from there in a place of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And then, and then often we don't need to know where the origin is. Mm-hmm. We just need to, it's just recognizing, Hey man, I started to really feel like I wasn't worthy at that point in time and, mm-hmm. and shift it, release right. yourself of it. It may not be conscious or we may not, we may be so young. We don't necessarily have an, a recollection or understanding of where that comes from. Well, and the weird thing about being so young and impressionable is that something really simple that really, it wasn't a big deal, but at six, mm-hmm. my perception of it right. was that it, it was nasty. The, yeah. yeah, it was it nasty. Was the the whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So they can, it can literally be hear, overhearing your parents have a conversation and you decide something about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm like weird right yeah mm-hmm. so so when you think about it that way that it's there's there's such a massive unconscious programming that goes on um that leaves us so vulnerable in those first can you know years of our life that you just literally got to forgive yourself because it, it's probably not even something huge but you made a decision mm-hmm. about a belief at that point and you just let it go well and i think as kids you know again doing the best they can with the circumstances they're in kids don't get to dictate their environment their circumstances their situations the you know capacity or competency of their parents like you know kids are are truly the victims of the world in the sense that they don't get to have control so we create all these narratives and stories and ways to adapt to our environment that Mm -hmm. served us in that moment Mm -hmm. because all of us just want to feel loved and accepted and important and valuable um, and then we carry them forward in our adult life when we're now actually get to dictate our environment and we can have control over those circumstances, but we're still living out of patterns as if we didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that's what I think where that, that, you know, it's not so much what we've been through. You know, some people have been through really horrible things. And there's no justification for it. It's not, you know, nobody deserves to be treated poorly. But regardless of where we came from, we have to decide what we're going to do with it. Um, and that's that's the work. That's the overcoming. And, um, you know, really, like you said, mm-hmm. otherwise we move into those dysfunctional behaviors, which it mm-hmm. could be addictions. And the, mm-hmm. and sometimes, you know, those addictions can look healthy. Exactly. Right? They could be what like... You mean I'm not allowed to shop anymore? <laughs> <laughs> it could be shopping. It could They're be... Working. Um, well, it could be Jessie. exercise. exercise. <laughs> I, 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 working, Jesse. Yeah. I know I've been there from an exercise perspective, especially oh, yeah. in my 20s, right? Where it becomes like an obsession. Mm-hmm. Um, or else it... Um, you or know, even like helping others because uh-huh. you're not wanting oh, to yeah. deal with your own stuff. Right. Avoidance. Always being available to help mm-hmm. other people. Yeah. Right. I mean, addiction to me is just coping strategies, mm-hmm. right? And well, you were an addictions like counselor for a while, weren't you? Did you help yeah. people? Well, I wasn't, like, I'm not a certified addictions counselor, but I did work in addictions. I have a history of addiction myself, and okay. and I'm a recovered person from many things, not just <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. recovering person Recover. from many, mm-hmm. many things. And I think for me, it's, it's all, you know, there's always opportunity for new things to crop up that really essentially are just distracting me from what's going on inside true. and true. and whether that be you know whether that's a socially acceptable mm-hmm. thing like mm-hmm. exercising or it's a socially acceptable thing like I don't know like what you were saying like being really helpful mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. other people or whether it's a really destructive thing mm-hmm. like alcohol and drugs so I want to say something so mm-hmm. recently I had to come to terms with something difficult mm-hmm. <laughs> and Part of what happened is, is I had to take responsibility for my own unforgiveness in a circumstance mm-hmm. that I had harbored against this person for a long time. And I realized once I, once I took ownership of my own mm. unforgiveness, mm-hmm. my whole perspective changed. And it took me from feeling like a victim, like something had been done to me, just to then being like, oh, I have forgiven and this isn't held over this mm-hmm. isn't being held over me anymore mm-hmm. right freedom oh, oh yeah so you, you relieved yourself of the judgment I guess yeah of, yeah. yeah judgment and of not well being them. able to move of, forward yeah mm-hmm. interesting well and I, I don't think I know what that has to do with what we're talking well, about but it felt like yeah. it but I think that well what you're there's all sorts of things that we hold ourselves in mm-hmm. right bondage really that, mm, that leads to dysfunctional relationships, mm-hmm. dysfunctional, you know, relationships with people, with substances, with, um, like I said, even socially Action. acceptable. I mean, and this is part of that whole, you know, back to the objectifi- objectification of women. You know, there's also can be addictions to, like, um, physical enhancements, like, you know, getting, mm-hmm. you know, in it might be lip stun or eyes or Botox or you know, plastic surgery or, you know, tattoos. And it's not, and again, this isn't a, it's not, all of these things in themselves are not bad, Mm -hmm. right? It's our reason for doing them, right? It's our motivation behind it. Mm -hmm. And, and that's where, again, it gets, it's not a black and white. It's a gray because we really have to be able to understand the motivation 
uh, and like you said, whether you have participated in any of those things before, really looking at it and saying, gee, why was I, what was that season about mm-hmm. for me? Why, why did I do that? What, what did that look like? Right? Can I share an example and then you guys can think about the one you want to share? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Um, here I am, 15, 16, 17 years old, um, training Taekwondo. I was competed at a high level for a long time. And I'm on birth control pill because the doctors put me on to help my periods out, right? When I was younger? Wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was quite voluptuous. So there I am as an elite athlete and, you know, a little bit more stockier and heavier and big boobs. So at 19, I went to the doctor. I said, you got to take these things off mm-hmm. because they're in my way. <laughs> they actually were, they were very sensitive and I had to wear two bras to even compete almost didn't compete at Canadian Nationals because I didn't have one bra. Unreal. That was the, when I went back, I went back and I said, hey, I need to do this. And even at 19 years old, first of all, doctor said no, and I went to a different doctor. And because I'm like, it's not your choice, it's my choice, and I'm not doing this from an insecure place. This is my body. I want to do what I want to do, and this is my phase of my life. But before I did that, I sat, I, I had this chat with myself. I'm like, when you go to do this, if ever you want to change your mind, you're welcome to get implants. So I had this conversation before I did the surgery mm-hmm. to make sure that I, no matter what other people thought, that I was at ease in my, in my decision. And truthfully, when I did it, I, I didn't ever think I was going to change it. I didn't do it to go and say, hey, I'm going to go do, change this eventually. Um, but I did it so that I could, I could accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. And it was perfect for me at the time. And I loved it. It was amazing. I could move around and not hurt. It was unreal. Right. And then, and then of course, 27, 28 years old, I'm in the fitness industry. I quit competing in high impact sports. And, uh, I was like, you know, I think it's time. I think, I I think I'm going to get implants or whatever right same thing was before I did it I decided this is not for anybody else it's because I want to this is my perception of beauty for me mm-hmm. and 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 it was perfect and and mm. it's been perfect ever since like there's no personal judgment no matter what other people ever may have or may not have judged me mm-hmm. it's another thing too I think when we are solid in a place of not judging ourselves we actually don't get judged. It just doesn't mm-hmm. happen. You know, there's not a lot of... confident about it. Yeah. There's, there's no mm-hmm. energy around it. Yeah, you're so. not inviting right. mm-hmm. another opinion, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nor do you judge others in mm-hmm. that circumstance. The things we judge others in are usually the things that we're the most insecure about, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a mere reflection of the, the things that we need to work through. So where would, Alana, where would be an example of, I mean, it's not so much a physical, mm-hmm. but I guess the point is making, making a decision um, from a place that you could have been judged outside of it. Not, and, you know, and maybe someone at some point might have taken the same action mm-hmm. from a place of self, uh, a lack of self-worth, a lack of self-love. Well, I kind of mentioned exercise before, but <laughs> I think... Um, well, and, and I could say it initially, it, I don't know, even though I didn't acknowledge it, I don't know if it necessarily was coming from a, uh, 
um, healthy place. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to university and, you know, had my freshman year, which many people do, and I had gained weight because I lived in residence and, you know, you're eating different foods and your metabolism changes. <laughs> and, um, so I had gained some weight. And so my second year university, I hit the gym and I hit the gym hard. And I was probably the thinnest I've ever been. Well, because it wasn't healthy. You know, I was eating nothing but protein and, um, you know, cottage cheese and whey protein shakes, which I still can't, I can't eat those anymore. Uh, and, uh, lost a lot of weight and, you know, nothing changed around the perception of myself, but I thought I was super fit. Right. Um, and I think always was in a position of, um, not being secure in myself, which meant I never felt comfortable in relationships either. Mm. I felt like I had my mission, I had my goals in my life, and that's what I was going to do. And mm. I didn't have, you know, dated, but I didn't have time for anything serious because that was just distraction. Mm-hmm. Um, and was really hard on myself, like super motivated, super, you know, probably that perfectionism, right? Mm. Um, and it probably wasn't until probably when I was in naturopathic school, maybe in my 20s, where I started really recognizing that, okay, why am I doing these things? Mm. Why am I working out so hard? Mm. Why is it, why do I need to be super fit? Mm. Um, And still was always active because that, you know, being active has always been a a huge part of my life. But it probably wasn't fully until I had children that I was like, oh, like, I'm okay. Like, I loved my 30s. Yes, that means I'm not in my 30s anymore. <laughs> well, you're 31, aren't you? Because no. I really felt like I owned myself. Like, I really felt more comfortable in my skin than I'd mm. ever had in my 20s. Um, or even in my as a teenager, I just kind of felt like as being a mom, I mean, you're, like, super vulnerable when you have babies and your boobs are out all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And milk's dripping. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, I can remember I had my first daughter and I had a really bad healing and I had a episiotomy. And oh. my poor mother-in-law, she's a maternity nurse, and we <laughs> called her back three times over three weeks. And I remember just laying on my bed, sprawled eagle oh, for hours because no. it my vagina hurt so much <laughs> I was just like all out for everyone to see all the time Shoot. So, there's no going back no from going that back. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like I'm good with my skin mm-hmm. so exercise mm-hmm. just became more of a place of health than a place of controlling my body Interesting. Um, and I think you know, it takes sometimes to go through some really vulnerable experiences, mm-hmm. you know, especially, like you said, a lot of women will say, you know, we used to kind of hide our bodies and then when you have kids, you're just like, oh, what here does it matter anymore? Yeah, here I am. Um, but that helped me just kind of move into that place of, I'm okay. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm more yeah. than okay, mm-hmm. right? And, cool. And, and also recognizing that that's important for my children because I have daughters. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that I used to, like, obsess over every pound Mm -hmm. that I would gain Hmm. or lose. Like, I... And my happiness would depend on a size. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I would torture myself and starve myself to try to stay to a certain size. Hmm. And then... uh, (laughs) I think after I turned 40, I mean, I'm, I'm not at the, my perfect weight that I want to be at. And mm-hmm. it's, I feel like I like myself more now than I did 
when I thought I was overweight, mm-hmm. <laughs> when okay. I was like mm-hmm. not even at all. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if that comes with maturity or self-acceptance and yeah. self-love, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, like, it, I'm not like saying that. I, I'm not saying I'm not like, I was actually just reading an article the other day about, it's actually quite interesting. It's, um, on, in Cosmopolitan. Oh yeah. Uh, it's this, it's this heavier lady on the cover of Cosmopolitan magazine. And it says, this is healthy exclamation point. 11 women on why wellness doesn't have to be one size fits all. Um, I haven't, I take issue with this because I don't, I don't think you should just be as fat as you want to be and then celebrate that and Mm -hmm. be like, this is healthy. Yeah. I I think you got to be honest with yourself. Like, yeah. You have to take care of your body, mm-hmm. just like you take yeah. care of your car, take, yeah. take care of your house, take care of your family, mm-hmm. and not pretend mm-hmm. that... Well, and, and I I think healthy, especially being as a, as a naturopath, like, right. you know, healthy is unique to each person. Exactly. Yes. So I think what, what's changed is it's not a one-size-fits-all, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Hollywood persona of well, everybody that's needs not, to be a size four Yeah, or six that's not and, healthy either, because um, I don't feel like... As right. a size four, I would be healthy. I no, think like wouldn't. a size eight, probably I would be yeah. healthy. So, but what makes yeah. you unhealthy right now? Exactly. Like the size exactly. You're at? Yeah. Well, exactly. I'm. It's not that I'm not healthy right now. It's before I wasn't happy with myself if mm. I was bigger than I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, oh, these. Are, this is what I like about myself. This is what I'm doing to to keep myself fit and mm-hmm. eating right and all these things. Like I'm. I'm actually happier now than I was mm-hmm. when I was trying to torture myself is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have so much to say on this topic. I can tell. Yeah. I, was like, I take so much. Um, I take. I have issues with the diet culture mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I have been on every single diet out there. Okay. And I love the saying that says, you know, if diets worked, you wouldn't be on your 87th diet. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? And I think it preys on the vulnerability of people like me or you, like, Mm -hmm. who feel like our worth or value or, or, you know, we're not showing up into the world as our best, you know, Mm -hmm. self if we are... 10 pounds or 20 pounds heavier Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know I think for me it's a battle like Mm -hmm. I know when I go to sort of my heavier side and I'm saying that with quotation (laughs) quotation marks um you know in the past there's been this panic that Mm -hmm. I experience And I start getting online and I start following everybody that's into fitness. And mm-hmm. I think, okay, what, what is the fastest way that I can get this weight off of me? Mm-hmm. And it's always left me in the same spot. Mm-hmm. Every single time. Mm-hmm. And what spot? what spot? Yeah, good. Depressed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Feeling like I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, I might lose the weight, but, you know, eventually it kind of comes back mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, uh, based on what, not based on, but sorry, what you ladies were talking about, Mm -hmm. I think what was brought to my mind was, you know, the shift for me has been in 
living in response to who I want to be rather than living in re- reaction to who I don't want to be. Right. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. when I focus on who I don't want to be, then I'm focusing on who I don't want to be. Mm-hmm. And you're going to empower what you focus on. Right. So I want to empower the version of myself that I want to be. Mm-hmm. And I think for me it's been re reestablishing what's important and who I want to be. At the end of my life, am I going to say, oh, gee, I really wish that I was 20 pounds lighter my whole life. Uh-huh. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think so. No. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, yeah, it's, oh, I, I just, yeah, I yeah. really could go yeah. on and on and on. I think yeah. you're, it, it's kind of where people are always thinking that, what you're saying there is like that chicken or the egg, right? Well, when I lose the weight, then I'll feel mm-hmm. better about myself. When the truth is, it's the opposite. Exactly what you're saying. It's like, yeah. well, no, actually you start with, you know, feeling really good about yourself, mm-hmm. you know, dressing, you know, buy clothes that you feel fantastic in, yes. mm-hmm. right? That makes you feel confident. Mm-hmm. And the rest follows yeah. because you, we are all a manifestation of what we're actually feeling on the inside, yeah. right? That's why a diet is temporary and we go back to where we were because the reality is, is it's, it has to change within. Mm-hmm. And then the outside is just going to follow suit, right? And again, not on a perfect everybody in that size 6 mm-hmm. magazine platform because mm-hmm. we are unique bodies. Mm-hmm. We are Everybody has different... Uh, you know genetics that influence you know bone structure Mm. and all those things like that we're meant to be unique and we're meant to embrace those things but I do think it's that exactly what you're saying like it's what you're focusing on and it's also recognizing that the the self-esteem the self-worth the value has to come first Mm -hmm. it doesn't come second um and then the other parts they just come in you know they follow suit right like if you if you're valuing and honoring your body and you're saying, you know, my body's my temple, I want to nourish it, and food is meant to be nourishment, mm-hmm. I want to feel good, I want to have energy and vitality, am I going to go to McDonald's or, mm-hmm. you know, eat yeah, a bag of chips, yeah. right? Um, you're going to make conscious choices. Like, no, I, I feel better when mm-hmm. I eat a nice organic apple than if I eat a bag of chips. So I'm going to go for I that. had this conversation with my daughter the, the other day. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Right. She, she found these Nanaimo bars from Christmas and she took a bite and she's like mom I don't think this tastes really good I'm like well then throw it out she's like isn't that wasting I'm like if you're gonna have an Nanaimo bar it better be like the most delicious yeah. Nanaimo bar yeah. in the world yeah. like you're not a garbage can yeah. you don't have to eat yeah. stale Nanaimo bar yeah. no kidding <laughs> so I believe if you're gonna have a treat like yeah. make it worthwhile <laughs> that's why I like organic wine yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly I feel better with it yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel better from having a treat that I really really like love and it makes me feel good I don't I personally don't feel good when I eat sugar sometimes I want the sugar but when mm-hmm. I eat it I feel like garbage so I just learned to listen to my body yeah, yeah. in yeah. my early 30s I owned a personal training uh mm-hmm. organization right yeah. um you know just a couple years ago anyway the uh a lot of the times the clientele base that I worked with were 35 to even 65 75 and in, it was in Alberta, and there were a lot of oil and gas, uh, you know, some moms, but a lot of executives, overstressed, figured out, you know. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the, a lot of my job was really just exactly that, teaching people to love themselves. Mm-hmm. It was literally just, and and a big part of it was, 
does this make you feel good? Mm-hmm. Like, truly, does this make you feel good? Mm-hmm. What you ate, did that make you feel good? What you, and, mm-hmm. and then also things like sticking to your agreements with yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, go back to the four agreements. Mm-hmm. Sticking to your agreements with yourself, like, um, it's not I'm going to eat the organic apple because I have to. It's because I desire to, and mm-hmm. I said I was going to, and... When I say I'm going to and I do it, then I feel worthy. Then right. I, I'm increasing right. my self-love and self-esteem. So there's a, definitely a psychology behind it, but it is, is this best for me as an individual? Not Alana, not mm-hmm. Jesse, not Crystal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, is this best for me? And when, truly, the answer is yes, it, none of it matters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in my life thankfully at one point or another uh and i'm not even sure how how it happened oh adrenal fatigue (laughs) jesse two Mm -hmm. years of you know pulling myself out of a hole alana Mm -hmm. i remember her telling me this is going to be a long journey i'm like oh (laughs) that's not what i wanted to hear this body is not my body right now like Mm -hmm. this is not the you know that's exactly how i felt she's like probably at least two years i'm like what i'm like six months into this i know right it's really frustrating but that was the gift, was me real, really truly going, what feels right? Mm-hmm. Not what should I do? Mm-hmm. You know, what, mm-hmm. what should I Well, even with I exercise, do? too, like I was kind of addicted to CrossFit for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember you coming with me a couple of times and you're like, you know that CrossFit can contribute to adrenal burnout. I'm like, no, it can't. <laughs> and I'm like taking these supplements in the morning to give oh, me more energy. Stimulators. Yeah. They're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. You're yeah. like, oh. And I was breastfeeding my yeah. fourth baby at the time. Oh, jeez. 5.30 in the morning, yeah. three times a week. Yeah. Oh, so, the things we do. Yeah, but, <laughs> and I loved it. It was, I loved it at the time, but going back into exercising again, I've realized what I don't love mm-hmm. and I don't have yeah. to feel guilty that I'm not doing that. Yeah. Like I'm doing other things. Like for the longest time I was just walking and at first I'm like, oh, I'm such a loser. I'm just walking. Like what's wrong with me? And then I'm like, you know what? Walking is all I can do, and this is all I want to do. Yeah. I don't want to do anything else. Yeah. And I started to feel good about it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm, like, reaching out and <laughs> touching you because I just want to, like, oh, I hear you. And I, <laughs> okay. I, I, and, and I know that this is, I don't know, I'm just going to say it. But it's like, thank you, God, mm-hmm. that I have legs. Yeah, that I can walk. Yeah. Like, I, I've thought that myself. True. Like, thank yes. you so much. Mm-hmm. That I can move this body, yeah, and how yeah. am I, I going to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How am I going to like live in that gratitude mm-hmm. and True. and move mm-hmm. it right? Good and point. and I I get that. Like I I just told I just told my husband the other day. I'm like, I don't want to wear tight skinny jeans anymore because they don't feel good on my body. And mm-hmm. I am to the point in my life where mm-hmm. I don't want to have to wear anything yeah. that pulls at good. me and doesn't feel good on my body. Like yeah. yeah. If I want to wear a dress, bringing culottes, <laughs> I'm gonna wear culottes <laughs> from now on. <laughs> I can move in them. I can stretch in them. I can sleep in them. I can do anything in them, and you know, and and I think that that's that's mm. the thing with exercise too. Like when when did we get to this point where we're praising? one another for torturing ourselves. Yeah, true. Right. Good and point. Doing like, you don't want good to do. for yeah. you that you're only eating 800 calories yeah. a day. Good for you. Wow. And that was yeah. the thing was that people, I, because mm-hmm. I would get into, I am all or nothing. And I would, mm-hmm. my, my life is this process of trying to constantly find balance. Cause I'm, 
either on this side of the pendulum or I'm on that side of the pendulum. Mm. And I would, I would get praise and accolades from people. Wow. You have such self control. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Like, how do you do it all? And it, you know, even just that encouragement or that praise would like, Oh, you're, you're good. Like you are good. You are worthy because you know, you only put 800 calories worth of food in your mouth and you, you know, you were unhappy yeah. And you were freaking out at everybody. Yeah, I was yeah. And you were, were road rage, yeah. raging. <laughs> and you couldn't sleep at night because your stomach was oh. growling so oh, bad. Shit. And, you know, your hair might have been falling out a bit. But right. you were only eating 800 calories yeah. and you were getting Discipline. down to that yeah. weight. Like, uh. I can't, I refuse to go there anymore. Mm-hmm. I refuse to torture myself. And mm-hmm. I think part of this has been finding the compassion and the yes. kindness yeah. for myself. Yes. And how can I be kind to myself? Well, you know, instead of having all these rules and everything around food or rules around exercise or, mm-hmm. you know, because I was constantly, dic- my life was dictated mm-hmm. by rules and it, it, I wouldn't go against the rules. And I still feel like this is a, it's been a process of me breaking down these rules of, Ooh. well, why, why can't I eat after 6 p.m.? Mm-hmm. Why? What is the reason why you can't, or why can't I eat until 2 p.m., mm-hmm. right? Like, these are crazy, Explain insane the rules. rules. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, and then going into mm-hmm. having daughters, right. you know, they started to hold me accountable. Well, mm-hmm. Mom, why don't you eat breakfast oh, yeah. in the morning? Why do we have to eat breakfast, and you don't. but you don't eat breakfast oh, in the morning? Mm-hmm. Interesting. And they see it, or they saw me measuring my food, yeah. or, right. you know, all of those things, and my language to them was your bodies are beautiful. You are perfect. Just mm-hmm. the way you are. We feed to fuel our bodies. Like, mm-hmm. and I would always, but your actions, their actions yeah. or right. my actions spoke way. volumes mm-hmm. beyond my words. And it's, anyway, it's interesting because <clears throat> I've been up and down by 20 pounds my whole life. And just recently I'm losing a little bit of weight and my body is shifting and changing again. And I'm like, Oh good. I get to shape shift. You know, like I, I, for me, the perception is I get to shape shift. I get to move that. I get to change that. It's an, it's an aesthetic artistic sort of thing in my mind for me. Mm -hmm. And then also when I'm a little bit, when I'm lighter, I'm more energetic. I'm more because all the things that I did in a healthy way to accomplish over time, accomplish being lighter create mm-hmm. energy they support metabolism they decrease they balance out the hormones they yeah. they do all those things so it's always constantly this feels good yeah i i didn't eat after six because it feels good and i ate well all day long yeah mm-hmm. you know and i drank all my water and i don't really feel like i need mm-hmm. to eat after six you know except for a bottle of wine you know yeah and that feels good <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well and and, yeah. and i think i think like i'm not saying that mm-hmm you know, I'll never lose weight again, or I'll never gain weight again, mm-hmm. or that I won't, you know, I think for me, it's just, yeah, doing, doing, living in response to who mm-hmm. I want to be and mm-hmm. not torturing and what you're, myself. what you're going through at the time, like maybe you needed yeah. the extra fuel at right. that time, or maybe you needed to not worry about that because you're focused on something completely different. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I've been there. Mm-hmm. Well, it's grace, right? Mm-hmm. Giving ourselves grace, you know, and I like what you said about, um, you know, no more torturing ourselves because, mm-hmm. you know, as women, we really need to acknowledge how much we put ourselves through mm-hmm. at times. And, 
For anybody that knows me, I love shoes. <laughs> and uh, oh my I've had this um, love, but recognition of how much I hate stilettos. <laughs> um, because I actually got to the point where I, I actually fractured my heel wearing heels. Because mm-hmm. um, I have small feet, so those three-inch heels, it's a, it contorts your foot quite awkwardly to stand on <laughs> and it took me to get to that point where like I love shoes and so you know and you think about how many times you've been to a wedding and you know you've got the tight oh, you can man. get the bodysuit on and the yeah. dress and the shoes yes. and you're cold and, and you're, you know your date sitting there and he's like you can't eat because it's you know, not gonna work in that dress, dress he's like know? oh I gotta wear a tie it's like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly yes yeah, I you, am pee- I'm peeing through a hole <laughs> in my spanx that I have to <laughs> Hold open right. while trying to squat over the toilet. Right. Like, don't talk to me about a tie. Right. Oh, the joy. Uh, and I, I, love, I still love shoes, but it's Maybe changed. that's why boys listen to this <laughs> yeah. podcast. They're like, yeah. the secrets of women yes, revealed. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's true. Like, so yeah. I have a I question on this then. I want to go around and I want to I know what does self-love look like to each one of you? Because Ooh, I think this question. is part of... You know, we're talking about the, the, the trials and, you know, the, the things that we're, as women, facing in, in different aspects and ways. But obviously the solution is our worth or value and, you know, really recognizing that so we can have mm. grace, so we can, um, you know, really acknowledge where we are and, and give ourselves forgiveness and understanding. So I want to go around to each one of us and just, you know, what does self-love look like to you? Like, how do you, mm-hmm. how do you create that? Because this is where women are going to be like, well, what, how do, yeah. what do I do? How do right. I do that? Yeah, mm. I think for me, it's trusting myself because I used to really second guess everything I did. So not like I always get it right, but trusting myself and like being honest with what I'm actually capable of mm-hmm. and that being okay. Mm-hmm. Not like, oh, you should have been able to do more or how come you're not doing this? Like mm-hmm. it's trusting myself and honoring my capacity. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. each season. That's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about you, Crystal? I think it's having compassion on myself mm-hmm. and looking at the season of life that I am in mm-hmm. and um, saying no boundaries are mm-hmm. a big one mm-hmm. for me but also having the courage to say yes mm-hmm. that's it's I had to train myself mm-hmm. to say no for a long time that I almost forgot to oh, say right. yes okay. and so huh. um, and then giving myself like for me personally, I I try and go to bed at the exact same time every night and wake up at the exact same time mm-hmm. every morning. It's important for me to keep my you know space clean and organized because and have your coffee in the morning and have my coffee in the morning. <laughs> like those really those simple things that are sort of foundational to my well being mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, just go- going back to the basics, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But being compassionate in the seasons that I'm, yeah. mm-hmm. that I'm in. Mm-hmm. You go first. <laughs> well, I think one of the things you said around um, saying no to things, that's a big one for me. Um, you know, 
not just by my career choice, but my nature is I'm a, I'm a helper and, mm-hmm. I, you know, I always want to see people succeed. And so I tend to take on sometimes more than, than I have capacity for. So I've been really conscious about saying no to things and really only taking on things that feel um, inspiring and, and joyful and happy and, uh, fun. Actually, I'm really trying to encourage fun in my life. I feel like when you get caught up in life and kids and work and, you know, we just like, where's the fun? Yeah. Like, what are yeah. we living for? We so, were just talking about that the other day. Yeah. Night. Trying to create hobbies mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and, you know, I like to kayak. I still like shoes, but they're usually <laughs> only two inches. <laughs> uh, and I, you know, I'm not like I exercise is still like feels really good in my body, but the types of exercise I do varies. And I'm just really, I think my, my biggest thing is that, uh, one of my, um, biggest nemesis is nemesis nemesis, nemesis yeah. is time. Mm. Um, because you know, not just because my plate's full, but I like to really be authentic to the moment. Mm-hmm. And um, so naturally, I work in a job that requires me to keep time. And uh, so I think my, my, the best thing I could have done for myself is given myself some time. So mm-hmm. in the mornings, I, I change my schedule so I have time. And the time isn't regimented, which mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. the gift, right? Yeah. I think because so much of the time, you, you know, it's always yeah. like, okay, I got to be at work at this time. I eat, you know, kids have, we have to have dinner at this time, whatever. They got to be at this thing at whatever time and you got to get to bed. And like everything's so regimented that I was like, I want to have like a two hour window of, of inspiration. Maybe that day I'm going to sleep in. Maybe that day I'm going to go take my dog for a walk. Maybe I'm going to go for a run. Maybe I'm going to do some yoga. Maybe I'm going to do some journaling. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, read my Bible. Maybe uh, I'm going to meet a friend. Like, I just give myself that window. So, a flexibility. Because when you feel regimented all the time, you feel like you're always, Mm -hmm. you're just like a robot. Mm -hmm. And your life isn't your own. Exactly. And your creativity is stifled. So, I had to create a time but like I've tried this before but then I was very like regimented in what I was doing Mm. and I was like no actually it's so counter but what I need is time of not scheduling anything and so that I could just figure out what that was because that's really where my flow is like my perfect day is not having a schedule and just kind of seeing how the day goes Mm -hmm. um so that that was a big part and, and still like I'm working and I'm walking in that um but, yeah, I mean, I think all of these things, you know, and just really time for reflection, right? Because it's only when we really can kind of, you know, sometimes I actually have to go away, you know, for a weekend or a few days and just reflect on my life. And like, where am I? What am I doing? Mm-hmm. What's going on? How am I feeling about this? Mm-hmm. Um, are there things I need to change? Just so that, you know, because self-love is, is really, like, realizing where we are in our lives too right and how are we participating and is it in alignment with our truth with our purpose with our passions and our desires and so it's also creating space for me to actually look at that hmm. wow i've been listening to you ladies and i forgot i had to answer the question <laughs> like, oh, shit. okay now what was okay how what how called? do you show yourself self-love right um <laughs> Oh man, you know, it, it, of course, in phases and stages of our life, it's been different. So right now, in my li- in my life right now, 
Self-love is definitely compassion and kindness Mm -hmm. of myself. Mm -hmm. Realizing, constantly realizing I'm not perfect, but I can still strive. I can still want to accomplish. I can still accomplish things, be successful in what I perceive as success. But I think one of the biggest things around the self-love piece right now is really truly just being vulnerable straight up with my community mm. like like saying like I was saying with the conversations with Linda and you, you guys mm. and, or you ladies the hot ladies you know <laughs> um, is saying here's where my mistake is this is what I noticed I'm not judging myself how do I fix it that's a big self love piece right now is mm. there's a couple aspects of my life that I'm I'm really working on changing, not working, how do I phrase it? I know are shifting, um, but they're shifting. They're in shifting and they're not perfect, right? So it's really that compassionate piece and and that, you know. Um, So that's, I'd say, the psychological aspect Mm -hmm. of of the self-love for me. Mm -hmm. But the physical stuff, like the... A really good vibrator. (gasps) (laughs) I am single. (laughs) (laughs) I was just... I hope my daughters don't yeah. listen. Oh, oh yeah, it's perfect though. No, that's a great one. It's true. Mm-hmm. And my brothers. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's joking. It's joking. That's true. I was going to say the morning sex is actually a really good self love piece, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, you know, when you're time off yeah. in the morning, you know? Yeah, it's like, yes. I'm thinking she's going to uh, go on uh, a hike, uh, dog, but I'm like, you got I have filled it up with that too. It's like, <laughs> inspiration strikes. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, and it's. I think the self love is the the simple things like eating well and mm-hmm. getting active every day and just trying to feel well mentally, emotionally, physically. Uh, not trying. I just say doing the things. You know the, and and letting it flow. Like not letting mm-hmm. having that be regimented and and going with the flow of life in in amongst all of that mm-hmm. is really the self love piece. And yeah, I'd say it's really big piece of self-forgiveness and constantly being vulnerable Mm -hmm. vulnerability and safety like feeling safe in vulnerability didn't exist for me before two maybe a year and a half two years ago Mm. Mm -mm. that's huge yeah Mm -hmm. you need to do a whole yeah yeah (laughs) yeah true (laughs) episode on that Yeah. yeah it was it's it's yeah I did an EFT session I think I was like 32 or 33 something like that and I did an EFT session. This woman, we're going through all the belief systems with her, and she says, okay, repeat after me. I am safe in vulnerability. I'm like, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work. Really? That actually is, goes in the same sentence? That makes no sense to me. <laughs> but that's actually a big piece right now, is I'm actually living in the feeling of vulnerability, and I feel safe. Mm. I'm like, weird. Mm. And so I'm practicing that application of that every day Mm -hmm. or whenever there's an opportunity and when I practice that I let myself practice it and be in that vulnerability Mm -hmm. and feeling safe in it then I'm getting experiences that are showing me that and that's a huge self-love piece Mm -hmm. right now too so it's it's an evolution you know what man we can continue to talk Mm -hmm. we're we're not over time I mean we can split these up but I know we wanted to um I don't know. Where well, do you want to go with this? Yeah, right well, I, I think this is probably a perfect place to wrap up uh, yeah. this session. So yeah. I just wanted to thank you guys yeah. for coming on and yeah. uh, being vulnerable and open. And yes. um, I'm sure everybody got um, 
a few laughs in there and <laughs> hopefully a little bit of inspiration. Um, so we look forward to having you guys on again. Yes, there's going to be. Yeah. We're roping them in a few times. Yeah, just so you know. that's right. As yeah. you can tell, they're wonderful, yes. beautiful hearts. Yes. Um, so till next time, thanks for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you.